Welcome back to the Born to Prosper Essential Guide series and excited to be with you today in episode three and we are continuing where we left off in episode two, the law of seed time and harvest. We looked at six truths. The scripture verse was found in Genesis 1 verse 11. Let's unpack this exciting revelation in our episode three today. Can't wait to be with you. Catch you on the other side of this. So our scripture verse, Genesis 1.11, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. So we started having a look in episode 2 about these two laws, the law of seed time and harvest, and we're continuing with that today, the second part. And we said there were six truths from this incredibly powerful foundational law that God placed on the earth. Number one was, the first truth was, Then God said, if you haven't listened to episode two, do yourself a favor, listen to that. The second truth was, let the earth bring forth. And the third truth was, the herbs that yield seed. Today we want to have a look at number four, fruit that yields fruit according to its kind. Remember, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. So when we have a look at this next part of this incredible principle, not only must seed be sown to yield more seed, but the type of seed we sow will produce a harvest that looks like itself. So it's not just about the seed, it's also the type of seed that you sow. And the Bible says that it'll produce a harvest that looks similar to itself. So we know that an apple seed will produce an apple tree, and a peach seed will produce a peach tree. So in other words, the fruit from which the seed was sown will produce fruit that looks the same or looks similar to its kind. I mean, as simple and as logical as that may be to understand for many Christians, they seem to struggle with this same principle when it comes to money. I mean, take the, the money currency of dollars or euros or pounds or rands, whatever currency you might trade with. I mean, the principle remains the same in all aspects of life and not just with farming. I mean, money in your wallet comes from paper, which comes from trees, which in turn comes from a seed that was sown into the soil. Everything comes from the soil or underneath the soil in some shape, form or size. So if you have three different money denominations in your wallet, for example, and now let me use the dollar as an example here, a $1 bill, a $10 bill, or a $100 bill, the principle remains the same here too. I mean, a $1 bill when sown will produce a fruit or harvest similar to itself, and a $100 bill will produce a harvest that's also similar to itself. So, so many people give a $1 bill but they expect an $100 bill in return. They give a $1 seed, but they pray a $100 prayer. Now, it's like saying, if I sow a peach seed, then I want to ask God for an apple harvest. And you can't, because the Bible said a seed will produce a harvest similar to its kind. So both are fruit seeds, but they have different outcomes. If you look at the peach and the apple analogy, we know and we wouldn't be that ignorant to think or expect that an apple seed to produce a peach harvest. But the principle is clear and simple. A seed will produce a harvest that's similar to itself. So when it comes to understanding back to our dollar analogy, I mean, although the $1, God says, I will produce harvests of similar kind, so you'll get more $1 back. That won't just stay $1, it'll be returned to you because that's the principle. Like if you put an apple seed into the ground, it produces a tree, and on the tree there's many more apples. But you can't sow $1 and expect $100. What's going to produce a $100 bill? Well, a $100 seed. So if you want more $100, or 100 rands, or 100 euros, or 100 pounds, you have to sow a $100 seed, and that then in turn will produce similar to its source, which is what? More $100 seeds. 
when you look at the human race, how often have you seen a child who looks similar according to their parents? Why? Because a seed produces a harvest that looks similar to itself. So I'm not sure if that's sometimes a compliment or an insult, depending on what your parents look like, and that's a joke. But when it comes to money, it's the same principle. If you want a harvest of a certain kind, you must sow a seed of that kind. Remember our scripture verse, Galatians 6 verse 7, Do not be deceived, God is not marked. For every man sows, that he will also reap. So what kind of seeds are you sowing? Remember we looked at, let the earth bring forth. So if the earth receives seed of negativity or death words, it produces harvest of death. So if the earth produces financial seeds of a certain kind, it's forced by God's principle to produce harvest similar to its kind. So notice it says whatever, the same or similar, whatever a man sows, that he also reap. So whatever harvest. So $1 will reap $1 return, not $100. If you want a $100 harvest, you have to sow a $100 seed. And I really want to encourage you. The Bible says what? In, in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 and 7, it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So when it comes to the type, the amount is also determined by us. So if you sow one $1 bill, you can produce that, like one seed will produce one apple tree. If I sow five apple seeds, I'm going to produce potentially five apple trees. So the principle remains the same. If you want more, you've got to sow more. And yet we think that if we want more, we have to steal more, beg more, or hope for more. But the principle doesn't work like that. The principle works according to the seed that you sow. And so my question to you in this fourth part is what harvest are you hoping for? But you realize that you've been sowing the wrong or different seeds to what you should have been for the harvest that you want. An apple seed will produce an apple tree, not a peach tree. A $1 bill will produce more $1 harvest as a $100 bill will produce more $100 harvest. So if you want that harvest, you have to sow that seed. So that takes us to number five, the fifth truth in this incredibly powerful principle, what says what? Whose seed is in itself. Now, this, throughout my more than three decades of salvation, this fifth principle is one that I've seen Christians wrestle with the most, and those who haven't wrestled with it perhaps did not understand it. But the Bible is very clear that the Bible says what the seed is in itself. And, and please, if you are able to listen to this episode over again, please do yourself a favor and listen to it again because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And revelation comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what does that mean? Well, we all have eaten a fruit of some kind in our lives and we all know that the seed to that fruit is in the middle or is in itself. Because the Bible said, whose seed is in itself. Remember our scripture verse, Genesis 1.11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. So you don't pick up an apple from a tree and find the seed sitting on the outside of the apple. No, that the seed is inside the apple because you've eaten an apple to the core. I mean, let's look at the human race again. When a man wants to procreate, to start to extend his family and his offspring, he has to sow seed into the soil of his marriage. So where is the seed found to sow? Well, in himself. Notice again, as much as the principle works in a positive, the principle also works in the opposite or negative application. So when a couple falls pregnant and the seed that was sown was sown from within the union of marriage, then everyone celebrates and rejoices the pregnancy. Yet when seed is sown outside of the union of marriage through the atrocity of rape, then society rejects that perverted seed. The one seed is praised and the other seed is prosecuted. So, remember the law works in 
both ways, positive and negative. And you have to decide which seed you will sow. What most people don't understand is like, where does the increase for my personal life come? I must win the lottery. I must have a lucky break. No, the Bible says that your increase is inside your salary because the seed is where? Inside itself. So where will your financial breakthrough come from? Well, within your salary. That is why God implemented the tithe or 10% giving from within your salary. I mean, he made the principle and he knows the seed for sowing must come from within the fruit of the salary, not from without. So, so many people and sadly so many Christians live with a seed outside themselves lifestyle. They're waiting for God, the government or social grants to give them fruit or harvest. And although they experience short-term relief from someone else's assistance or a loan or whatever, they don't really have any seed in the soil themselves. So they never take a portion from the handout to give away a seed, but they eat all their seed and so they never get ahead in life. If you take an apple again and you eat the whole apple, including the core and the seed, well, there's nothing to sow. And so if there's nothing to sow, there's nothing that can grow. And so the Bible tells us an amazing story of a, a widow woman and her son. And they were going through a lean time when God instructed the prophet Elijah to go overnight to her place. And when he arrived, I mean, he was hungry and asked her for some bread to eat. Her response in 1 Kings chapter 17, the Bible says, it's a typical answer that most would give when facing scarcity or lack. 1 Kings 17, 11, and she was going to get it, and he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar, and see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So her mind was made up that she was going to eat the last of her flour or seed and prepare to starve and die. Yet Elijah, who is a type and shadow of God, Christ, did not pity her, but he challenges her to make a loaf of bread from the flour that she had left. So the principle kicks into motion when we understand this here and apply it. Now listen to what the Bible says. So the seed to increase is in itself. So she has a little left, and instead of the man of God saying, well, I'm so sorry for you, so sorry, withhold that, I do understand, eat it all, or you poor, stay poor, remember? The gospel message comes, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Luke 4.18, to preach what good news to the poor. So sometimes it sounds unfair or it sounds unjust when you tell a poor person to give out of their little they have left, but you're not going to progress in life outside of understanding the principle of the law of seed time and harvest. So the greatest injustice you can do to a poor person is to get them not to give. And the greatest injustice you can give to a rich person is to get them not to give. So Jesus never felt sorry for poor people. He had compassion on them. The Bible instructs us to feed poor people and help poor people. But we have to understand this principle. But you have to take a poor person at some point, sit them down and explain to them how this works. I always say this. If we have this pity party on poor people, and please don't misunderstand me. I'm not knocking anybody who is struggling financially. But I'm saying, why is it that we feel sorry for poor people when it comes to the area of finances, or we say to poor people, we understand why you can't give, but that same poor person, if you put that person next to a rich person and you don't know what their financial status is, why are we okay with that poor person making another child? Because that seed came from within themselves, and we said, well, that's okay. But yet when it came to giving money, we suddenly changed our mindset and we separated the poor and the rich and we said well we understand why the poor can't give it's even like many governments they don't charge tax on certain income groups 
to certain salary groups as if they're trying to help that poor person. But what you're actually doing is you're keeping that poor person poor because you never get that poor person to actually take some seed from within itself inside their salary, inside their small one little apple, the one little salary, the one little seed, and sow it because the principle remains the same. The law of seed time and harvest doesn't change. And remember then God said, let the earth bring forth. So you have to get a poor person to at some point release seed. And when they get a harvest from that seed, you have to teach them to sow again and again until that poor person becomes rich. Why? Because the Bible is very clear. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for his anointing me to preach good news to the poor. Now, let's quickly jump over to the disciples, the example we used in a previous episode. When I said Jesus said to his disciples, have you caught anything? No, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. That's what poverty does. It keeps you in the grind. It keeps you in the toil. And it keeps you in the toil on the soil, but it never challenges you to sow into that soil. And so we see that Jesus comes and he's not happy with a toiling, struggling, empty, poverty-stricken fisherman company. That's not his desire. It's not his will. It's not his command for man. So what does he do? He goes and he makes them sow their nets, cast their nets, and when they obey in that area, they catch. He takes them from nothing to something. That's the heart of God. At another time, he feeds 20,000 people and then 16,000 people at a different time. So in my father's house are many mansions, not many shacks or many sort of small little pokey little places. Now, in my father's house are many mansions, vast expanse of houses. And I always say to people, why are we happy to have a great big mansion in heaven, but we satisfied with nothing or lack or less on the earth? And I'm not saying everyone must have a massive big house on the earth, but I say you must be progressing in some shape, form, or size. It's not as a human being, if your child who is three years old, if that child turns 21 and the same size as when they were three, you're going to think to yourself, there's, there's something wrong, and I'm going to take it to the doctor or for medical checkups. But why, if your finances don't grow in 21 years' time, you're earning the same as what you were from when you started working 10 years ago, why are we okay with that? But we're not okay with stagnation or maintenance in other areas. And I want to say to you today, don't allow the enemy to lie to you any longer. It's not about chasing masses, amounts of billions and trillions of rands, but it's about progressing. You must be moving forward and ahead because it's a principle, let the earth bring forth. And so this woman has a mindset, I do not have. So you should never allow poor people to keep making excuses all the time, because when Jesus sat opposite the offering basket and he watched our widow woman gave out of her poverty, he never stopped her from giving that offering. He actually preached a whole sermon on her offering. And then he said what? He said, many have brought much more than this woman, and they gave out of the abundance, but he wasn't impressed with the fact that the amount they gave, but he said that this woman gave out of her poverty, but he was blessed by it. Why? Because he knew the minute she gave and she understood that it's going to maybe be painful now, but what's going to come ahead or lie ahead is going to be breakthrough and increase and in, in a life of expansion. And that's the heart of God, but it's going to start with seed. So her mind was made up as woman, she's going to die. And when she listens to the man of God, or when she listens to the word of God, when she listens and she obeys, not the law, not being forced, but when she listens to the unction of the Holy Spirit and she actually understands the principle and she sowed and she made the bread, which was a type of seed, and she gave it to the man of God. The Bible says this in verse 13. 
And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends the rain on the earth. And so the Bible says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel. So I'm not saying that. I'm telling you what the Bible says. And so the Bible says she gave, and as she gave, she increased and she advanced, and the Bible said it never ran out, and she was blessed. Amen. This is what Proverbs 3 verse 5 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not in the government, not in your in the rand, the dollar, the pound, crypto. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil, and it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord, listen, with your possessions. There's the principle, seed time and harvest. And with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. There it is, harvest filled, and your vats will overflow with new wine. And finally, the sixth point was what? And it was so. So let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself in the earth, and it was so. And it was so. What was so? Well, the principle of seed time and harvest was so. It was established by God on the earth, and it is still so today. It's not me, or the church, or a pastor, or the government. It was God, and it was so. God said so. And if God says so, and God said it, as a child of God, as a believer in Christ, I have to say, yes, Father, I hear what you're saying, and I will apply it. And so God said it was so, and it still applies up until today. And that's why if you have a look at this law of exchange, there are so many people today that are exchanging their money for goods and not understanding what it means to exchange your money for God. So the law of exchange works like this, that you take money, you go to a store, and you get to the counter, the checkout counter, and the person says to you, I've got some goods that you want, and I've got something I want. What is it? Well, are you willing to exchange money with me? Yes. So, okay, on the count of three, the cash register says what? 200. Have you got $200 in your wallet? Yes, I have. All right, one, two, three, bam, we exchange. I walk out with instant gratification. And after having instant gratification, that seed, that $200 that I paid to that store to get that instant gratification, it can never ever produce another harvest for me ever in its life again. Why? Because I maximized its harvest when I sowed it into uh, the law of exchange with a grocery store, with a retail store of some shape, form, or size. But when we go into the law of exchange with God, and we sow into God's kingdom, and we don't get instant gratification, but we use our finance for purpose, and we advance. The Bible says, watch. The Bible says God opens up the floodgates of heaven, and he pours out a blessing that you and I will not have room enough to contain it. I'm not saying this to you today again. Like I said to you, I'm not saying this to you today to try and get anything from you. As Paul the Apostle says, I don't say this because I seek the gift. I don't want the money, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. There's that principle, the law of seed time and harvest. So come on, believer. Come on, leader, breeder. You are busy being raised up in the ways of revelation, the ways of God. As a businessman, I want to say to you, don't become a invoice-driven businessman. Become a seed-minded businessman. Give God your boat. As Peter gave Jesus his boat, he preached out of his boat, and as he yielded his boat for the purpose of Jesus' advancement of his kingdom, and at another time, Jesus said, because you gave me a boat and you connected your, your business to the purpose of advancing my message, he came and he multiplied back to him a net-breaking catch of fish. And that's what Jesus does when you understand this very powerful principle, the law of seed time and harvest. I hope that you've got something out of this episode today. 
If you've never read the book, I expound more of it in the book and you can make notes and underline. If you haven't got a copy of the Born to Prosper book, An Essential Guide to Fulfilling God's Purpose for Your Life, please go over to IamBornToProsper.com and you can get a copy, a physical or online digital copy there as well. Can't wait to be with you in episode four. Hey, listen, we're only starting out. We're entering the next principle that God governs the earth, the law of dominion and control. You don't want to miss this one. This is incredible. I want to tell you about a businessman who has a massive breakthrough after getting this revelation and seeing what God is busy doing in and through his life. And I know he's going to do it through your life as well. Have an awesome week. Can't wait to be with you next week. Share this episode if it's meant something to you. If you know somebody needs to hear this, share it. Come on. Let's get this revelation into the hearts of God's children. Be blessed. Have an amazing week. See you next episode.